Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, it is my absolute honor to have past Rotary International President Ian Risley joining me. Now, just because he's not president anymore doesn't mean he still has a lot of work to do. In fact, he's the guy who is the trustee for the Rotary Foundation. In other words, once you leave Rotary International as president, na na na, Rotary still has you for a few more years to have a lot more travels and bring even more wonderful things to the world. So Ian's going to join me. He's not even after this year even the head of the trustee anymore he might be able to retire but shh don't tell him that he's got one more podcast interview before we let him go join me won't you past president ian risley joins me and as always i'm so glad you've joined us too Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am really, really honored because I snagged myself a past president. I did. I did. I did. I did. But you're going to have to put your thinking caps on because this guy came in 2017 to 2018. And he is the honorable and dashing and a day ahead of me right now. And he says Tuesday looks great, by the way. Ian Risley is with me to talk about not only being a president, but now he has spent the last four years. Uh, being the trustee of the Rotary Foundation. And we're going to talk about that and talk about being a Rotarian. Hi, Ian. How is the world, sir? Good day, Gwen. Just fine. Thank you. And uh, you're right. uh, Tuesday looks a little damp down here, but I'm sure it'll be wonderful up with you. All right. Now, people can tell by that, by my funny accent, that I am not talking to somebody in America. So where exactly are, where are you at at this moment? Uh, well, I'm, well, I am Australian. Okay. I can sing, but I won't. And uh, <laughs> we, live, um, we live about 60 kilometers, 40 miles outside the great city of Melbourne, which you would be aware, Gwen. I was going to uh, say, good tease there, sir. Something's coming up there, is it not? Absolutely it is, and they're all looking forward to it. So I know, I know we're going to talk about your hats that you have uh, on right now. But one of the most beautiful moments of any Rotary convention is when all the past presidents come up and say hello and tell us how they're doing. So is is convention really nice for you? I mean, not only is this one in your hometown, like you could sleep in your own bed if you wanted to every night, but you get to just be a participant. Is that right? Except for going on stage? Yeah, well, except for the fact that I've got 12 minutes talking about the Rotary Foundation on on the Tuesday. But as well as that, you're right, we do get to take part in a more relaxed way than, say, the president, which is, and I'm sure Jennifer has told you this, it's all over the place. You're really super busy and all of that. Um, In our case, sure, we've got some Arts Club Society inductions and we've got a foundation seminar And we've got a a dinner for the AKS and major donors and all of that sort of stuff. But we also get to enjoy the convention. And I really enjoy Rotary conventions. I think they're they're a a pinnacle of our 
organization from a, an information sharing, but also a, a, an enjoyment sense. What's your favorite part? What are you looking forward um, to the most? Probably, it depends on who the speakers are. And I haven't heard enough about who is speaking this time. But every so often there is a, a speaker who you don't know, mm. but who absolutely knocks your socks off. And uh, I tend to have an open mind on these matters, and I'm looking forward to finding out who that person is who positively captivates me. I will never forget uh, Bill Gates Sr. Mm -hmm. I think was he in Atlanta, might have been. I believe so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he gave a wonderful speech <laughs> about you know, philanthropy in general and made the point that because at the time he was chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And um, he said, people have asked me how it is that I have been able to be involved in this. And, uh, okay, there's a bit of money around and it helps when your son founded Microsoft, which I thought was a good line. <laughs> yeah. I did good as a parent and it's really yeah. helping me out. I mean, that could, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and as we all know, Bill is not a Rotarian and he's on, he's on my list. Cause you know, I, his daddy has, you know, it held the wheel very strongly. I think, I think, I think Bill, we could, we could get him in one of these rotary groups sooner or later, I think. Uh -huh. So when you were, when you were president, all those years ago. Yeah, I'll, be I'll be gentle. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Who was it? I mean, no, there's the there's the there's the line. Now you're you're on the I'm a Rotarian. So I'm talking to you as a Rotarian, not as okay. Rotary International Trustee and past president. Right, right, right. All, right, the, all right. the fancy titles and everything. How was it? Was it what you expected? As president? Yeah. Um yeah, pretty much. Um, the advantage of of the presidential um, process is that it's August of a year and almost two years before that uh, you get the get the gig. So it gives you a lot of time to to, to think and to plan. Get over the shock a little bit. Get pretty, <laughs> there is that too because um, I had never applied for the role before. I just applied once and was fortunate to get the gig. But um, as well as that, there's just from that moment on, your life changes. There's so many decisions that need to be made really quickly and uh, and it just accelerates from there. And I I took the, the positive decision that uh, Juliet and I wanted to visit places where the president tended not to go or hadn't been in recent times. So uh, we we chose places like Hungary and Serbia. We went to various parts of the Caribbean. We went to northern Chile. We went to a lot of interesting places because the Rotarians there deserve to be recognised and congratulated for what they do. And uh, that was part of our objective. And also the please plant a tree um, request for Rotarians, we saw a lot of that in unusual places. So uh, that was important to me as well. So you brought up that that there are places that don't always get 
the headlines and you really wanted to go to those places do you think it really made a, a difference i mean what was what what did what what were what was the response of people when you yep. when you showed up in those like the rotary international president actually came there uh yes i think the answer to that quite simply is yes and it hasn't changed when i've been trustee because we've just come back from a visit to uh, to italy amongst other places and we went to Milano and to Genoa, two wow. significant cities, uh, as well as Florence, and the pres- or they hadn't had a, a Rotary senior leader of this style for some little while, and the feedback from the Rotarians was wonderful. I mean, it was just fabulous. They really enjoy being recognised for what they do, and uh, there were lots of other examples of that. Does does being does being the Rotary International president really put into focus the international part of oh, it? Oh, absolutely. We went to yeah. uh, we kept a record and uh, sixty three countries in those uh, president and president elect year, and many of them more than once. And uh, I think that's an important part of the job. Uh, you could it would be possible to either sit at home or sit in in Evanston and administer. And that's an important part of the job as well. But I think getting out and and saying thank you and encouraging Rotarians around the world is a really important aspect as well. So is that a is that a president's job? Is it to say thank you? I mean, is it is or is it to inspire or or both? I mean, I noticed yeah. that that Jennifer has been very hands-on digging ditches right in there. So Yep. What is the job of our president, really? Oh, you've just outlined two of the important aspects in terms of thanking or encouraging and also maybe providing guidance as you go on because membership's really important to Rotary and you know that we've stabilised at around $1.2 million for a couple of decades. And... We're all getting membership renewal, and sometimes a visit by a, a president or president-elect can galvanise the locals into into concentrating on something like that. And also, if potential members come along to a to a gathering, maybe you can inspire them with what Rotary does and how important it is in a in a world sense. Uh, and I think all of that's a very important part. So when I was in in this last. Uh two years with Jennifer. I was honored to be a part of her strategic engagement council. So I helped pinpoint her in different places around the world. You talk about all these 60 some odd places that you have been. Did you pick them? Did Rotary pick them or was it a partnership of both? Um, No, I think it's fair to say that it's in the domain of the president pretty much exclusively. There are some places you need to go. Uh, there are Rotary Institutes, for example, and uh, you tend to go to many of those, as many as you can conceiv- conceivably do, and right. share them with the president-elect and all that sort of stuff. So they're, they're a given. But as well as that, uh, yes, you, you choose to go pretty much where you think it's, uh, it's going to have its best impact. And, of course, one of the ways of, of selecting those places is to talk to people and say, where do they believe it would work best? Yeah. 
So we had we had the honor to talk to Gordon, who is coming in. Uh, he's he's I'm looking at my watch here. He's only got about four or five weeks left. And he said that he was amazed that being president nominee started it. Then now he became president elect. And Stephanie, you you chick has already talked to us. And she's just like, it's you're really not president for a year. You're really have the word president after your name for three. Three years. So is it is it really a three year gig? Yeah, pretty much. Um, as I said before, from August of uh, let's call it year one, you become the nominee, and there's the planning starts. And you think at the time there's a a tsunami of decision making that needs to happen, and you sort of gear yourself up. And then at the start of the following rotary year, you're moving into Evanston for a start, and that right. makes a difference, and you're spending more time with your executive assistant and the staff in Evanston, and you're getting around, and then when you're president, it slips up a notch. Now, not everyone is as uh, as uh, peripatetic. I love that word. Not, not everyone gets around. That's, right. That's your as, homework, uh, everybody. Look that up. If you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but um, most of us are able to get out and about quite a bit uh, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. So, yes, it, it becomes pretty uh, pretty full on. So you were done. Those three years are over. And I think a lot of people, including myself, one thing I love about this show is that I find out as much as I feel I know about Rotary, I find out that I don't know diddly about a lot of things. And that is, <laughs> I thought, that people like you and Shaker and Hogar, you just like get yourself a glass of champagne in Houston and then Shaker got to walk away and he doesn't have to do anything but show up for the conferences. And before we started talking, you told me that, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> then you, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. You really said yes to more like a seven-year commitment. Would you tell us what yeah. happens after you after you're done? Yeah, pretty much. I, Gwen, first of all, I doubt whether I said, "Oh no, 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 no." But, <laughs> but putting that to one side, it is normal, and yeah, that happens most of the time. That the past presidents go on to the trustees of the Rotary Foundation. In the past, there's been a one-year hiatus, but uh, in the, the latest iteration, Jennifer's going straight from president to trustee, and uh, it's a four-year assignment, and in the fourth of those years, you're normally chairman. And the chairman, I have to say, of the foundation is not dissimilar to being president. The difference is you're not located in in Evanston. You're located at home. Where so do you there's, live? Okay. Yeah. And so there's more more um, distance traveling as a result, but you also go to certain places and do the sort of things that you've done for Rotary International, but you're now doing it for the Rotary Foundation. And we all know that fundraising is a significant aspect of the Rotary Foundation. Without all the money that comes in, we couldn't do all the wonderful things that the Rotary Foundation does. So the, the chairman and all of the trustees are responsible for uh, maximising fundraising wherever it's possible and also thanking people for their 
fantastic, absolutely amazing, some of them projects and uh, the grant activities and all of that sort of thing. That's really important as well. So it's, it's fundraising, it's encouraging, and it's thanking. So you're you're like ambassadors. You get you get to spend four years more. Is it is it an ambassador role, or do you actually get to be hands on on grants and where do you think some of these grants should go and polio and the peace you know the the peace fellowships that we have. I mean, do you get to be hands on on where the money really goes? Well, uh, the trustees do that um, in 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 broad sense. Okay, but the staff also provide outstanding advice so that sort of shall i say detailed decision making happens at the trustee meetings and with the staff the actual role of the of the chairman is is more of the kind i mentioned before rather than into the the nitty gritties into the weeds as you say in north america it's more uh, a, a matter of uh, thanking people and fundraising and beating the drum and ensuring, hopefully, that people understand the wonderful work that's done by the Rotary Foundation and how important it is that that continues. Which which did you like better? Was being president more fun? Is this more fun? <laughs> or they both have their their ups and downs and rewards? <laughs> yeah, the, the last of those three options. Uh, they're all ups and downs in all of these things. I have to say that it's harder, in my opinion, being trustee chair because, first of all, you're you're five years older, and uh, <laughs> some of us. It's all right for young people like you, Gwen, but some of us are starting to slow down a touch, and, and there is that. But also, um, not being located around the corner from the office is a significant disadvantage because Kari uh, Pascaletti was my wonderful executive assistant when I was. I was president, and living a couple of hundred metres away meant that I could go to the office whenever I was right. in Evanston on a regular right. basis, chat to her, chat to staff, where are we on this, make a few decisions, etc. When you're thousands of uh, kilometres away and in a different time zone, it makes it that much more difficult. And several of the the calls or Zooms that I've had have been at midnight or one this Earlier this week was 3 a.m. for me. Now, that gets to be a little bit wearing after a while, and, and yeah. sleep is a, is a luxury that I'm looking forward to resuming at the end of June. But uh, I have to say I've enjoyed both roles, but I do clearly well, believe that it's, it's I won't say easier to be president, but it's it's um, more, more of a structured? stress. Yeah, well, not, not so much structure. It's, it's the physicality of it, the fact that mm. you're – located so far away. I don't think that those that are nearby or in the US, like you know, like Barry or Mark, Daniel Maloney right. or people like that, I don't think they'd have the same uh, difficulties because the jet lag just isn't the same. Yeah. So how is our foundation, sir? It's alive and well, thank you, Gwen. And we're, <laughs> we're kicking lots of goals. Um, yeah, polio... Um, and I know people, some people are almost tired of hearing about it, but it's a wonderful success story. When you think about the fact that when this started all those years ago in the Philippines in 1979, um, and then with the success of that immunization program, when we went 
uh, to polio plus in 1985, there were a thousand cases a day worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've had one since September last year. So one in seven, eight months, whatever it is, seven months. It's astonishing success story. And it only happens. And all the people, Bill Gates will tell you, the head of the World Health Organization and CDC will tell you, it's, it is happening because Rotary was there. Rotary was the driving force. Rotary was persistent. Rotary said, we will do this and we will not give up. And we're, we're uh, having success. So we are very close. And a, a person who's straight across the, the continent from you, Michael McGovern, uh, the, by yeah. the way, have you had Michael on your uh, podcast? No, we haven't. Michael, if you're hearing our voice, get in touch with me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> now, Gwen, he is essential because he's got a, a wonderful story and has had huge success as chair of our international uh, IPPC. So I'd recommend you talk to him. But the success of that really should galvanize all Rotarians, and when eradication comes, and it will sometime soon, every Rotarian who's either contributed or been involved or is in a club that has contributed can shout from the rooftops with excitement because it has been a, it will have been a wonderful achievement for the children of the world driven by Rotary. So is is it you you mentioned I, I put a quick pin when you were saying that I put a pin in the idea that people are quote tired of hearing about polio. Is it a PR thing? Should we be talking about our past to push us, you know, uh, over that finish line? Because I think I think especially when COVID happened and there was a couple of cases, I think there was this collective, oh damn. Yeah, I know I so- did it. You know, I'm a benefactor and I'm, I, you know, I, I have my proudly wear my medallions and my pins and somebody through somebody misthinking somewhere in New York city, all of a sudden I have polio and not, I have polio. Polio is back in, in North America. And I found myself going, "Ah, uh, like, how do, is it a PR thing? Do we talk about the past so we can push us over this little bit to inspire Let's just uh, clarify that I'm not saying many people are tired. I'm saying some. <laughs> okay. are tired. And it is, a, it is a risk. We've been at this for 40-plus uh, years, and if you'd said to the Rotarians in 1985 and the trustees when this decision was made, uh, this is a really good idea, but you'll still be at it in 40-plus uh, years, would we have taken on the task? And I think that's a fair question to ask. Right, because how but, much money? How much money have we put into polio? Oh, it's one point two or three billion, something yeah, like with a that. B. I haven't, yeah, yeah, with a B. But and and again, we have to raise fifty million US a year to contribute. Well, when I say have to, to maximise the contribution from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, of two for one. Why would we leave money on the table? That would be crazy. So we need to have the 50 million, which gives us another 100 from them. And that's a significant amount of money. And therefore, we need to be conscious of of all of this and do whatever we can to encourage people to, A, keep contributing, uh, B, to be aware of the fact that we need to keep doing it, but C, to come up with innovative fundraising ideas which 
will raise those funds, I won't say painlessly, but a little easier than just dipping your hand into your own pocket. For example, we have um, polio koala, otherwise known as PK, which um, <laughs> I will be showing on stage in Melbourne. And that's a, a project of a Rotary Group in further north in Australia. And they've been selling these koalas for some little while as a fundraiser. That's really important. So it's a, it's a souvenir to people. But as well as that, it's fundraising for polio. Another thing we've done, and in fact, also in my 12 minutes on stage in Melbourne, I'll mm -hmm. bring out um, tennis balls, or um, probably one, because otherwise it'll be embarrassing when I drop them all over the stage. So you can always be... throw them at people in the audience, they'll love them. <laughs> I'm coming to that. Well, I, did, I did give some thought to that, but I thought, how does our public liability come if I sort of, yeah, if I yeah. bring them up? But, yeah, so, uh, Jennifer has undertaken to autograph these, which are tennis balls that were used in the Australian Open Tennis Championship, which, of course, was conducted on site at the Rod Laver Arena. So I've got, I have purchased at great expense of the Risley uh, Exchequer um, a couple of hundred uh, tennis balls that we used there. Jennifer will autograph them, I will autograph them, and we'll sell them, for example. And the first that one is. I'll throw someone who can catch it. Um, and Jennifer said that she'd have Nick with a baseball mitt. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> well, you would think that Nick could get his wife's signature any time, but not on a tennis ball. You never know. Correct. He, he might be Correct. after your, he might be after your signature. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're saying think outside the walkathon, think outside the red shirts. Oh, it's not thinking outside them. It's uh, making sure that we support those and be as creative as we can. Uh, there's a, uh, a a couple of folks that are flying around the world for polio at the moment. They, I think they're leaving today from uh, New Hampshire or somewhere. Um, we, we've got uh, the, the polio tin rattlers that take place. We've got a group in Australia and also now in New Zealand that on uh, World Polio Day, they invade the the public transport system uh, in both Sydney and in uh, Auckland, and they say, uh, be aware of polio, and at the end there are people outside the, the stations with the rattling cans, things like that. We've just got to bring it to the attention, more than we do, I think, uh, of the public, not just Rotarians. So, and this was a question that was asked to a Rotarian to me that I thought was was fascinating, and that is we have a whole generation of young people here in the United States that had to link on to the idea that in this particular case, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And all of a sudden, people that had grown up with this, uh, this part of, of their health care was taken away. So what I was, what the same, this, it was an interactor that asked me this question. He said, so now all my friends are very much into voting. Now they're voting with their dollars and their feet and it energized them. And then he said, because I don't know what polio is like. I've never grown up with it. I have no idea. And I showed him all the pictures of the people in the, in the lungs. And I showed him we, you know, I had a guest go to their class who has polio and polio survivors. And these kids were just like, well, we've never lived with it. 
So it's not that we don't want to give, it's not that we don't want to participate, but it's so out there. Do you think in a way having these few cases come much like this legal thing inspired these, these kids to move? Do you think in some twisted way it was almost important to have these cases because all of a sudden polio was back in the news again? I'm not sure what impact it would have had on younger people per se, but I think it a fringe benefit, if you like, of the of the case in New York State and uh, and also the the, um, the the virus circulating in I think it was in in, it was in Israel, London, was it? Was, Israel? It was in That's London right. yeah. and, and somewhere else. I think that does bring to the attention of people who look at the news the fact that it's not dead. Polio is not is still around. So the old saying of it's only a, a plane ride away is true, and which is how, of course, it got to Africa because there was a, a carrier, we understand, that took it from Pakistan to, to Africa, and I think we had eight cases there. Might might have been nine, one in one year and eight in the next. Uh, that's, uh, of course, it was jumped on by the the health authorities with assistance from the World Health Authority and um, and Rotary, of course. Uh, so it it didn't go any further, but it does tend to emphasise that it's only a plane right away, and we until it's completely eradicated, until polio is a thing of the past, it's really critical that we concentrate on it. Have you put drops in mouths? I have. have What was that? It is one of the most emotional moments of my life, I have to say. Um, To to see um, the the look on the face, not of the child, who's who's somewhat agape, (laughs) but um, the mother sort of prodding her to open the mouth and, oh, and, and this looks really good on radio, to squeeze the cheeks and open it up. But the look on the face of the mother when you put a couple of drops in is, is magical, just magical. Do So I find it very interesting that that it's I have not found a time to go. How easy is it as a Rotarian to go to one of these to to be on one of these expeditions to put drops in kids faces? Oh, I don't know. It was a while ago for me. But right. uh, uh, well, um, it still happens, and um, we have a group from my district in in Australia who have been a couple of times now to a place in in India, the same place. And by the way, a fringe benefit of all this is that they come back with other projects, and they have uh, had a global grant or more than one to this particular uh, town in India, and so they establish a relationship, which is wonderful. Um, and I think that can happen all over. But uh, I presume it's still perfectly possible. I don't know. I haven't tried. I've so been a little bit different. I guess I got to do a little research because I have, I, have, I have talked to many of you that have gone and done the drops. And um, I have honored those who've done the drops in some war-torn countries and, you know, literally um, it, it they put their lives on the line to do it. Yep. Um, I think one of the most fascinating stories, and and for all my Rotarians out there, it's kind of interesting to know that even the Taliban respects polio and Rotary enough to cease fire and let women go in and give drops to to into kids' mouths. That was yep. quite yep. amazing. 
Absolutely. Gwen, this is another reason why you should get Michael McGovern. Okay. Yep. All right, Michael, I'm bugging you again. That's number two. So, so $50 million. So let's, let's get to the nitty gritty of what you're doing now. You are the handshaking, baby kissing representative to get money to do this amazing work. And we hear about all these societies. We hear about the Clump Society. We hear about benefactors. We hear about major donors. Why, why should somebody, what, what, what do you do to get somebody to want to divvy up that kind of, kind of money? Well, first of all, important that polio eradication is, it is not all that the Rotary <laughs> Foundation does. And I think that's a really important thing to say. Okay, I do so, too. I do too. Right. You only have it, so, otherwise it would be the easiest job because all you'd have to do is polio plus. You could, yep. you know, but it seems to me that, that there's a little bit. What does this foundation do, and why do all these beautiful people put so much money and time into it? Yep, exactly. So, uh, given that, uh, first of all, I, I think the easiest way to encourage people to contribute and be involved is to tell stories. Your friend Jennifer is the best storyteller the Rotary has ever had, which is why we have um, a, a, a surge of people interested in what Rotary does because she's out there and she's talking about it and she tells wonderful stories. For the rest of us, we have to try to match that without any success. What we need to emphasise is that the Rotary Foundation does all sorts of things. And the Peace Centre is one of my absolute favourite things Mine too. In, yeah. in all of all of Rotary Foundation. We were in uh, Uppsala in uh, Sweden, you know, what's that now, three weeks ago for the Peace Summit. And, again, a wonderful event. And the people at the Peace Centres are dedicated. The people that support them are dedicated. The net result is that every year, we we uh, we I was going to say send out. We don't sort of send them out. We we return them to the fold. Uh, people who are now better trained in helping to encourage peace and to prevent conflict. That's just a critical thing to do. And it's my sincere opinion that over the years to come, Rotary and the Rotary Foundation will become more and more known for our work on peace. I think that's just absolutely critical. And um, we are having in 10 days' time, something, no, um, a week's time, mm-hmm. we are having a, a, a seminar at the University of Queensland Peace Centre in Australia, uh, again, so that people like me can thank them for what they do to congratulate the, the cohort of, uh, of scholars that are there um, I think that's a really important part of what Rotary does. And again, that's just one other thing. Uh, you, uh, you need to tell me to shut up at some stage. No, you're I doing just, fine. <laughs> um, you're, you're aware that the seventh area of focus that was started uh, a year or so ago was for the environment. Right. Um, I was personally thrilled with that and had a, a part in bringing it about. and. Again, you were talking before about younger people and and whether they know anything about about polio. 
they sure as heck know a lot about the environment. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that by us now having this seventh area of focus and a number of grant projects that are related to that, I'd be I'd be confident that uh, that that will bring Rotary to the attention of younger people. But it's not just young people who care about the environment. Overwhelmingly, they do. But it's also old people like me who are mm-hmm. um, who are captivated by our planet and what we've done to it over a period of time and what we should be doing to alleviate some of its problems. And so I think the seventh area of focus will become also very important over a period of time. Well, and I think, you know, if we, if we pay attention to the World Health Organization and a few other places, it's easy to know that if we don't have peace, that peace and the environmental impact of non-peaceful things, i.e. war, are, are devastating yep. to our planet. So, you know, there's no such thing as a clean war that doesn't have, and I'm not even saying uh, nuclear or anything like that. War yeah, itself yeah. is brutal to our environment. Yeah. Um, well, Gwen, back, back in the great year of 2017-18, um, you may recall that was when I was president, Gwen. I'll just remind yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. somebody, the- yeah. I, yeah. yeah it was either uh, you or Maloney, we, remember? <laughs> we had to be yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> we had a series of presidential conferences in various parts of the world, and they were... Um, the six areas of focus at the time and how they related to peace. And in particular, we added another one, well, there were the five that weren't peace, how they related to peace, and we added one for the environment, which wasn't an area of focus at the time, but I was keen for it to be promoted. And they were in various parts of the world. And uh, water and peace, for example, we had in Beirut. Now, the uh, where the, the water comes from in Lebanon, um, it comes through the river, the major rivers come through Israel at one stage. So there's a contretemps about access to water. Mm-hmm. We, we had uh, so many of them in, we had the environment in uh, Vancouver. Yeah, we had a, a lot of them. We, uh, it was just the relationship between everything that Rotary does in our areas of focus and peace. And to me, that was really important. And it, the success of those various meetings was fabulous. I loved it. I, I I love Polio Plus. We do a walkathon here with the local high school and our interact and everything. But do you think that peace kind of gets overshadowed by by polio, which I find fascinating because if you know our, as you well know, our Rotary history, you know, Rotary was a huge part of the UN and the Declaration of Human Rights. So I think we have, arguably, we have more of a peace background in Rotary than we do a polio background. Oh, sure. But having taken on the polio eradication task all those years ago, it's not surprising it has a, a strong emphasis, as it should. But that's one of the advantages and benefits of having our areas of focus. Not everyone cares about polio with the same passion as you and I, but they will com- they will care about something that fits in one of our areas of focus. And uh, again, that's why I think it's um, it's so critical that we allow Rotarians to find what it is in our grant activity that ticks their box. And one would hope everybody living in peace, love and understanding would tick a lot of boxes, one would hope. Well, 
I know it is it is morning for you, so I'm not going to keep you for much longer. But as of June, July here, is this the end of your of your four years as being this trustee? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what do you think your your accomplishment was? What do you think they're going to remember now that the Jennifer Jennifer's booting you out? And uh, she's gonna she's gonna take over the the helm for the next four years. What do you think you? No, 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 no. Gonna... Uh, Jennifer doesn't take over the helm. That's no, right. No, no. My, I'm sorry. Uh, she, yeah. Okay. She gets it. She's one of the trustees. But you Correct. are now. You're now getting out of there. That I do Correct. know. That is a fact. Yep. You get your. You yeah, officially yep. get your 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 rotary life back as a as a Rotarian. <laughs> and what is your what is your chapter? What is your shout out? What is your club? My club? Yeah. What's the member? What are you? You're a you're a member of Rotary. What's your club? The Rotary Club of Sandringham. Sandringham. In, I love in the name. District District nine eight one zero, and um, I was a charter member way back in nineteen seventy eight. Yes, I was very young when. Thank you for <laughs> observing. And uh, and I've been uh, privileged to be a member of that club ever since. It's gone through its occasional hiccups, but uh, now we are growing. We are one of those clubs that that grows. We have some younger members as well, and they are just a wonderful group of people that I am privileged to be part of. And so now that you're not going to have a title, except for Proud Rotary member, which is always a good title, yep. uh-huh. I was told I was told that the best title that you can ever have is past president. <laughs> <laughs> So, which I proudly, I proudly have that title. Um, what do you think people are going to remember you for when they talk about the years that you were in charge of the of the foundation stuff? What do you think they're saying about you? I'm sure um, it's possible. Well, the, the environment, <laughs> yeah, thanks. The, uh, the environment will be close to the top because I've been spruiking that for some little while, and uh, I was thrilled when when Mark Daniel Maloney and uh, Ravi Ravindran. Um, took it up as a cudgel, which is really good. Um, and uh, they asked me to chair the committee that investigated how we should uh, incorporate the environment into our activities. And um, I was privileged to be part of that. So that is what most people know me for, I think. The other thing is um, earlier on, the promotion of, uh, of women into various leadership roles in Rotary was critical to me. Uh, I I didn't realise when I joined way back in 1978 that it was all male. I just didn't notice, frankly, which was... <laughs> which was <laughs> and that's a whole other self. podcast, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I'm really proud of the fact that we now have Jennifer and soon Stephanie as our, as our ultimate leadership. But as well as that, we, we had a, a time. I had one woman on my board of directors. It, it, was, um, it was the person I chose, Dean Rawls, as my vice president. The following year, my good friend Barry Rasson had no women on his board. And that's just ridiculous. A couple of years later, we had a majority of women on the board. This is uh, parity of this kind of thing is how it should be. And I'm mm-hmm. personally... Um, Delighted to see it all and proud of the very small part I had in in encouraging women to take on those roles and encouraging clubs to clubs and districts and committees and all the others 
to to welcome um, women onto their membership. So we've come a long way in the diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's just say, yep. yeah. Yep. Your One final, aspect of- your final question, and then I'll let you go enjoy your day, and I'll go end my day. So, and uh, <laughs> um, thank you again for taking the time. But this is my favorite question, and it's one I try and ask every single podcast. And since you've only been in Rotary for a short time, I hope this will be an easy one for you. Is it, when, when there's days where being a, the service above self is really kind of trying you, okay, and you're having those days where you even told me you're up at 2, 3 in the morning on a Zoom call for a job that has the same paycheck as I'm getting here on the podcast, yep. I'm sure. And, yep. But there's this one thought that you can remember, this one time that you can remember, and it brings a smile to your face and you're like, okay, it's worth it. Cause I can remember when, yeah. like, what, what, and I love asking the question because, because everybody usually smiles when I ask yep. the question. So what's that moment mm-hmm. that keeps you going in those days where it's like, oh, God, I just want to nap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, there's, Gwen, there are so many, but uh, you asked the question. So in Guatemala, we were visiting, and gee, they do fabulous rotary work in Guatemala, and uh, we were visiting a school. We were uh, sampling the the product of smoke-free stoves, which is just so important to them down there. Um, I had a veget- I'm a vegetarian. I had one of their tacos, which was positively delicious. Right. And all of the kids lined up and they had, welcome, President Ian and Juliet, and uh, that misspelled president. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and they wondered what I was smiling at. And, and I had to sort of straighten the face up and say, I'm smiling because I'm here with you, which is absolutely correct because. Every day when, when you're feeling um, uh, flat flat because you haven't slept or it's just been go, 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 uh, and you're getting old, uh, the great work that Rotary does, Rotary and the Rotary Foundation does right around the world, lift you up every time. It's fabulous. And <clears throat> there are so many, uh, how can I say, funny things that happen. Uh, I remember planting trees in, in Panama with uh, Alan Sellers, uh, they invited Juliet and me down and we were going past, so we dropped in and uh, we're planting trees. Um, I ruined a pair of shoes because we were planting it in the bog, but um, <laughs> at, the, at the end of which I had a, a plaque that I had to sort of unveil and it was halfway up a tree and there was a bit of a mound. So I stood on this mound and unveiled it and suddenly realised I was standing on an ant nest, and so ants were running up the inside of my trouser leg, and I'm, I'm saying, oh, thank you very much, and beating away at my, at my trouser leg. And one, one of the Rotarians was a, a pediatrician, and so she sees me doing this to my trousers, and she said, do you need a hand? <laughs> and I said, no, but I have my wife here if I need to. <laughs> No, but that's and that's that's how they do things in Australia. That's how we we that's our gesture. We stomp. It's yeah, a, it's our corroboree. That's that's, that's right. Yeah. All good fun. All good fun. Well, Ian, it has been such an honor. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and um, thank you for, so much for 
all you do, because I know it has been quite a few years of you doing this and traveling and everything. What an adventure. And it was an honor to have you share time with me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gwen. A pleasure. Um, and it's it's wonderful of you to do these series of podcasts to hopefully bring Rotary to a, a wider audience. And uh, you must be doing it well because you seem to attract the the people who um, have other things to do, but they're they're happy to to talk to you on a podcast. So that's great. So Michael McGovern, your time is coming. There you go. And it was funny. I had a fan letter the other day that said I was the Oprah of Rotary. And I said, oh, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Without the paycheck. Without the pay- Yes, yes. I'll take one day of her paycheck and we're good to go. <laughs> and thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Pleasure, Gwen. Take care. The pleasure is all mine, sir. The pleasure is all mine. And happy retirement. I mean... Not really. Just maybe retiring from an international profile. I have a feeling that Ian's going to be with us for a very long time, wearing that rotary pin and being a proud Rotarian, just like me. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I hope it made you smile. I hope uh, you liked hearing about Ian's it moment, as they call it. If you like the podcast, please tell others about it. Have them follow us and download. And of course, if you have an awesome Rotarian, be them past international president or just a Rotarian right around the corner, let me know, will ya? Rotarianpod at gmail.com. All right, then, until next week, you know the tagline. Take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Take care. <laughs>